0: Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. They're the best team all season, and it's nice when it works out like that. Jokic, a legend in the making. I immediately sort of out of hand dismiss any sort of legendary comparisons on principle alone. But the guy really does play like a big old Serbian Larry Bird. He really does. He's the closest analog. He's not a stellar athlete, but he's nasty as hell, and he can dominate the game a world-class offensive mind, and smart enough to matter on defense. Jokic is 28. Denver's really primed to put a run together here. Might be three years before Jokic reaches his apex. Gordon is 27. Murray is 26. Michael Fox News Porter Jr. is 24. KCP is the oldest guy in the rotation, and he's only 30. Let's play a game Neil calls. Who would they beat? Would the 22-23 Denver Nuggets beat filling the team here? Let's find out. On today's edition of who would they beat? Does this year's Nuggets team beat last year's Warriors? Yes, I think they do. Do they beat the 21 Bucks? God, it's close. Giannis, the athleticism, the block, the dunk. Uh, Brooke Lopez, who guard, he do a decent job on, on Jokic. It's a seven-game series. I think I'm leaning towards Denver. So, yes, I do think the Denver wins that. The 2020 bubble Lakers, I'm sticking with my guys. I'm sticking with the Lakers. LeBron, AD, I think it's too much. I think they beat the Raptors, though. Then it's the Warriors run, and I tell you, I think they got a chance against one of those Warriors teams before Duran. I really do. Not sure I see them beating a prime LeBron, but they beat the 2011 Mavs, and I think they'd have a shot against those 9 or 10 Lakers, which, you know, I don't want to say. I tell you, I like to steal thunder from teams that aren't the Lakers. But the more I think about this run, how the team's built, how they can play different styles, how legendary Jokic is and will be, this Denver team really gets better and better. Congrats to any Nuggets fans in the audience. I'd love to take this away from you, but I can't. Shocking. Could the Nuggets beat the 1983 Spurs? I think so, but that's not the point. That is the year. A man by the name of Tim Dirk signed to play in San Antonio. He wasn't on the team. He wasn't on the roster. But he did add something to the franchise that continues to this day. Tim Dirk created the San Antonio Spurs mascot, the Coyote. And what else did Tim Dirk create? The T-shirt cannon. We're talking the invention of the T-shirt cannon today on the show. This is First Foul. Welcome to First Ballot, the podcast that celebrates the moments in sports that really matter and inducts them into the First Ballot Hall of Fame. Today's going to be a great episode. I can feel it. I am your host, Neil, the long-lost Gasol brother, the podcast Jordan Clarkson, half Filipino, half Austin Reeves, Mr. Not Always Right But Never Ever Wrong, coming to you live from the Shaquille O'Neal Office Depot, Big and Tall Executive Suite, desk chair, in top grain, black, leather. Today's episode is just a little bit different. We're playing with the format. We're constantly improving. That's what we do. The show keeps growing. Usually at the top of each episode, we do the story behind our moment, but today is special. I want to bring in our guest right away, and then we'll dive into that story together. The invention of the t-shirt cannon is without question a great sports moment, but is it a first ballot Hall of Famer? We have to decide that today, and here to do it with me is a great friend of mine. I really, truly love this guy dearly. He's also a world-class actor and comedian. He has one of the truly unique resumes of anyone who's been on this show. He played C.O. Thomas Humphrey in *Oranges is the New Black. He was Drenched Thunderman in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. He was Gaylord Felcher in 30 Rock. He played Julie Hoogies Dreyfuss' son-in-law in Veep. He's someone named Eugene on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I'm sorry I haven't seen that show. He was the announcer for Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, replacing Steve Higgins for a few episodes. He's done spots on Last Week Tonight, Colbert and Inside Amy Schumer. He was on Chicago PD, Dads, Madam Secretary, FBI International, Odd Mom Out, Kevin Can Wait, and a bunch of other shows you've never heard of or seen. He's also the creator and host of Paid Off on True TV, and he should have been the host of what would have been the original Lights Out on Comedy Central, a late-night pilot he and I made together, making his first ballot podcast debut. Coming on to the show to the walkout music of former Mets closer, Juris Familia, it's Mr. Michael Torpey. Oh my god. Oh,
1: this song does it for me. <laughs> oh. oh my god. I miss this guy. Oh, I miss this guy.
0: Just closing these Nets games down.
2: <laughs>
0: oh. oh my god whoa wow torp oh my god thank you so much for coming on the show what a thrill you know i had a whole bit planned
1: that i was gonna do <laughs> to start to get can you introduce me again just so i can do my
0: bit also sure yes of course uh coming out of the show you don't want me to play don's a good no 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 because that's bit. what ruined the bit yeah, that's what yeah, ruined yeah. the bit it's just too the energy is way too high Coming out of the show, making his first ballot podcast debut, it's Mr. Michael Torpy. Hey, thanks for coming on the show, Torp.
1: Hello.
0: Hey, oh, hey Mike.
1: Hello. Hey,
0: hey, are you awake?
1: Yeah, I'm up. What's up?
0: <laughs> it sounds like you're asleep, pal. No, I'm not asleep. Um, what time is it? It's, it's like 1.40 in the afternoon
1: today okay
0: hey are you awake
1: i'm up i'm you up, want to dude. record no i'm good what's up Did you... <laughs> so this is a bit i would always do when neil called me Every no time. matter time of day i would always pretend i was asleep and i just wanted to establish out of the gate early that lots of bits. Uh, it, this well not just bits but it, it, you know in the history of the first ballot hall of fame podcast no one has known you longer than i have no with one. the extension you know michael gorman and i came right, in at about right, the same time right, yes um so I want to, I guess, prepare your listeners that, like, I have no interest in making you like me. Be like, I'm not concerned <laughs> right. about your feelings or right. opinions. Right. Uh, this is so this may be it could be an ugly episode here. You like other people on the show. You don't know them that well. They're like, oh, Neil invited me on the podcast What a nice guy. And they want to make it, the show. Good. I have none of those motivations. Um, I'm just going to really be raw and authentic. And, and that's that's what this episode's going to be.
0: Uh you know what Torp we got a bit of show business to attend to before we get started here. I have to read our could be sponsor. Actually Torp why don't you read the <laughs> why don't you read the uh the could be sponsor copy? Are you willing to do that? You're an ad man. You voiced a dog with Rachel Dratch. You got fired from the Applebee spots. You're a hawking <laughs> weed killer. That's You're hawking very weed hurtful. killer. You're a hawking weed killer now. Will you read this could be sponsored by copy in your official announcer voice. It's yeah, in the yeah. chat. All right. But we- does
1: that mean that that the uh, you didn't you didn't land the genuine deal? The
0: <laughs> you didn't get them? Wait, no here. Wait, no, we did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, oh yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so good, right? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Those plants. Oh they're so hot.
2: You
0: ever heard anything like oh. this?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. oh Robbie you did it Ruchi <laughs> cooked it with that
0: one how is that not on Hot 97 <laughs> right now let me tell you when I I literally did like tee him up I was like hey can you do this because I whatever I was playing those balls and then uh, I was like can you throw in the Stone Cold ET and m- make it funny and like I just leave it because then Rob edits it and I, then I don't hear it before we put the episode out so legitimately I hear it when I heard that the first time on the show, I was giggling. I had a text. It was like three in the morning. I, texted <laughs> him. I was like, so that good. really got me. It's really good. Anyways, are you ready for the could be sponsor copy?
1: Today's episode of the First Ballad Podcast could be sponsored by Donza Kuduro. The mega-hit dance track from Don Omar featuring <laughs> Lucenzo. Do you like the fucking dance? I mean, do you really like to fucking groove it and move it, then why don't you try out a little Danza Caduro from Don Omar featuring Lucenzo. It could be the greatest song in the world. There's no fucking chance you won't enjoy yourself. There's no fucking chance your life won't be better. Won't you listen to that song? God damn, Don Omar, you did it again. Danza Caduro by Don Omar and Lucenzo. Download it or stream it today on your favorite music platform. The first one's free. Universal Music Group, you gotta pay for the next one.
0: Oh my God! Wow, just fantastic! What was that? that was so good. Thank you for reading that. You're right. You, it was jumping.
1: Really, it was really jumping in the chat. It was. Like, uh, I had a hard time following the script. I'm but, so um,
0: sorry. You did a great job. You uh, did a really you. good job. Thank First you. read, cold read. You didn't know that was fantastic. I really appreciate it. Uh, you did. I did mention you got fired from the Applebee spots. Do you want to start there? Will you tell that story? I had. Um, for the you
1: know, I do some voiceover work and like the holy grail of Great voiceover pipes. work is thank you, that's very kind. Yeah. The holy grail is to get one of these oh like brand oh jobs. My god. Oh my god. You could like you can make your you could buy a home in Beverly Hills just yes. being like T D bank. Yes. We're a bank. <laughs> right. Like that's it. I and if T D bank if oh you use god. that now, I can right. I will yes. fucking come for yes. you. Right. I will sue your asses off. <laughs> Like, that's the job. Like, if you can nail one of those things where you just like, I'm the tagline guy, I just yes. say the tagline, right. I just do this stuff. And um, you got one. I got one. I got Applebee's, see you tomorrow. Applebee's, see you tomorrow. Applebee's, see you tomorrow. Oh, I mean, my I
0: God. It. I
1: cooked it. And great spots. I'm in there. I'm talking about sizzling fajitas. I'm talking about rib platters, <laughs> bottomless margaritas, everything that they offer, I assume, at Applebee's. I've never been
0: so i've never been been. that's not true it might be i was oh my that would be amazing if you've never been to an applebee's that would be fantastic i don't think so
1: (gasps) i grew up near ruby tuesdays which was like i think the jersey mall applebee's right yes it was like it was the one that bought that square at the garden state plaza that applebee's was like oh (laughs) we fucking lost it to ruby tuesdays (laughs) so I booked that job and I'm in the booth and it's just not going great. Like got I'm it. recording things, I'm recording one. Spot. This is your first session, right? First session. We've got, got, got like ten commercials we're doing. It's going to be a big day, lots of copy, and I'm going through it. And it's just, I'm like getting some weird notes here and there, and like, <laughs> just feels like the flow is off. And then they take a break, and I'm like, oh, like what? Something feels wrong here. Like right. what's going on? Right. I don't think like anything was that bad, but like just something we don't normally do that. You know, you do like an hour and a half and then everybody takes a break mm-hmm, and you're talking to each other. Mm-hmm, you get to know these people. Mm-hmm. And the guy pulls me out of the booth and he's like, um, uh, Hey, we, uh, <laughs> we're going to move forward with somebody else. Oh um,
0: my God. This the, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't even know, know that I remember this part. He pulls you out of the booth day yeah. one. Yes. And at at fires studio. you. In, oh my God.
1: God, you didn't get sent home at the end of the day and they got a phone call. Nope, no, it's it's face to face. Whoa! And they were obviously in negotiations this whole time.
0: Oh my god!
1: With Jason Sudeikis.
0: <laughs> and so he was. He must have been
1: putting the fucking screws to them. Just getting as much coin as he could. God bless him. And they finally right. they called his bluff and they're like, "All right, we're gonna book this fucking guy."
0: so so they're funny. doing my
1: they're doing my session and word I don't know word got back or maybe he doesn't even I don't even know how this really plays out but it just so happens that they oh finally close the deal with Sudakis while I'm mid session so that's all the whispering all the talk that I'm like cuz you're you're inside the booth you can only hear when they push the button on the outside you know uh, so like I'm in the booth and I'm seeing them talking so much oh my god and i so said, you- I started going in my head being like, oh, I'm blowing it, like something's off here. That whole time, they're probably just like, oh my God, Sudeikis, we're going to get him. Do we let this guy keep going? Oh my God. How far do we, do we let him go?
0: Right. How how do we play? Hey, who's going to talk to him? Hey, will you talk to him?
1: Right. Can we and talk I...
0: to his agent? Cause his agent call him real quick? That's I'm just sitting so there staring funny.
1: at them, like trying to lip read, figuring out if I'm fucking up this job or not. But the uh. whole time, they're, they're probably just drawing straws on who has to fire the poor fucking loser
0: so wait do they tell you about Sudeikis yeah in that, that, flat no, out unbelievable yep
1: I think they were riding so high on it you know like when you get super good news sometimes you forget that it might be like bad news or somebody. right else. so it was like the guy maybe thought I would like high five him and be like oh fucking hey great get dude killer get for the brand yeah no, that totally get you. it totally get it man get me out of here get me out of here dude bring that dude in you guys are gonna move Oh, you're gonna move so much product! Really thrilled. <laughs> I didn't even really want this job, so I'm yeah. super glad. You know what? I just wanted oh what's best for Applebee's, God. and you guys got it now. So I'll go fuck myself.
0: What a fantastic story! I didn't. I honestly just thought. I just remember it going badly, and you getting the axe. But I didn't know that it happened live, and that you found out about Sudeikis. And you're probably almost certainly right. They probably were like. Let's just book this guy. Let's just move forward because we don't want to wait. And then they hear back and they just fucking ax you the day of. That's fantastic. I really like Sudeikis before this, but knowing he took money from you makes me respect him. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. If you get to that point of power,
0: crush everyone in
1: front of you. Just step on all these little dudes who are trying to maybe make some money to get their health insurance. Gobble up every job you can get.
0: (laughs) You, you're, you're, you know, going through your credits and to write that intro, you really are a working actor. How many people can say that? How many people can say, I work, I pay for my life and my family through acting? I think that's fantastic. You should be congratulated on that. I think it's really impressive. There's just not that many people that are doing it. You're doing it. Does that feel great? Does it feel good? Or you're just terrified about the next job?
1: I mean, both, both. It's it's you know I, I I don't I should not have been a freelancer like that that doesn't match right. my uh, values or personality right. very well so that's a horrible aspect of it yeah, like yeah, yeah. I don't love being unemployed I don't love the idea that, like I'm always behind it trying to make enough money to get yes. health insurance yep. like that fucking sucks that sucks um, it does feel nice to know that like oh I wanted to do something and mm-hmm. I've I've managed thus far mm-hmm. to make a career out of it that's a nice thing but I I'd, I'd trade it all to be a mailman.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean.
1: All I do is talk to my therapist about becoming a mailman. You show up in the morning. Punch there's, the clock, a, there's a sack full of letters. Yeah. Okay. Hand them out. Hand them out. Yeah. Hand them out. Yep. Meet some folks. Yep. Right. Watch somebody's kids grow up. Right. Yes. From right. a safe. From a safe distance. Right. You know. Oh my God, they're so big. How many times do you say that? Ten times a year to yeah. the same people. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Your sack of letters is done. You go home. Go home. And you know what? You don't think about that fucking sack the whole time you're
0: home. That's right.
1: That's right. You can live the rest of your life. Yeah. You can be present in your life. You're going to be a fucking mailman by the end of this. (laughs) It's a dream job.
0: You're outside. It does seem lovely. Maybe you bring somebody a package they were really excited about. Right. It's an an honest living.
1: Excuse me. Is that is that is that my package? Yes. Yeah, it is. Were you expecting something? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, a, a, God, yes. fucking cookies. Yes. My mom mailed me cookies. Here they oh, are, man. Here I are don't those get. Cookies. To, I don't
0: get to see her as often anymore. So she sends me these cookies. It's really lovely to get them.
1: Oh man, look that! Uh, I'm so happy for you. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. I really hope you enjoy these special oh, delivery. You know what I mean? The, thank you so much. You uh, got Mr. it. Man, you got man, it. I'll that see you great. tomorrow.
0: I see you tomorrow, buddy. Oh, you really it's great. You you're you're painting a hell of a picture. One hell of a picture. I do want to mention you were on Law and Order SVU. I didn't didn't mention that in the in the intro because I wanted to bring it up here. Special little uh, thing. Do you remember being on Law and Order SVU? I do. Do you remember your role? Yeah, I do very well. I've got a clip. Let's listen to it. I
1: was born this way. I was born to be a
0: rapist. Do you remember saying that on national television? I I very yes, I'm you very clear memory. Okay. Okay. You remember saying that. Now hold wait. on, here it is again. Here it is. Again. I
1: was born this way. I was born to be a rapist.
0: You re- you said that on national television, and then I recorded it. I saw it on TV, and I recorded it, and thought, "I'll keep this forever." Right, right, yeah, I get it.
1: I get it. Look, they make a lot of episodes each year, okay? <laughs> Nothing against the team over there, but I do think that sometimes, you know, they're just throwing the words down on the page and then they forget that somebody's going to have to say <laughs> to them. Say these things.
0: Yeah. And to that end, have you ever thought, have you ever looked back at a, at a job you've taken and been like, mm, you know, that one? I, I, yeah, I mean, obviously you need to make money, you need to to, to bring home the, the bacon. But uh, you ever look back and be like, gosh, I, I wish I had had a second chance at, at maybe answering the question of whether I wanted that job? I mean,
1: honestly, no. It, 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 in this business, you take absolutely everything you say no to nothing. I mean, it, I'm sure you get to a point in your career where yeah, right, it makes right, sense right, to right, say no right, to right, stuff. Right, but like, but you're ain't I've there. never, I've you never, ain't there, I Jill. ain't there,
2: buddy.
0: <laughs> Not even
2: close.
1: <laughs> that clip. Do, do you have video of it or just the audio? I have video of it. Are you kidding? Am me? I sitting in a desk? Or am I in an interrogation at a Uh, desk? Okay. Oh, oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, oh. Interrogation
1: room or in an office?
0: I think you're I think you're there's a table in front of you and you're in the interrogation room.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I think. That the first when they came to arrest me for that, I think that's the sign where I say it's like in my DNA. Yeah, right. Yes. Tough line also. Yes. That was in a functioning open office space where they just cleared out like five desks oh my god so like i'm delivering those lines that's so funny surrounded by people who are just just trying to work
0: unbelievable so good fantastic i love having it i'm so glad you filmed that i'm glad i have that clip i'll have it forever forever you should forever yeah uh did, did you i don't even know the answer to this question did you grow up wanting to be an actor like were you like i'm gonna I'll be an actor someday like were you what? watching movies as a kid going that's what i want to do when did that start nah dude i wanted to play fucking baseball hell yeah hell, oh, hey, hell yeah oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. let's go oh, what i mean dude
1: oh, hell, yeah. let's oh my go. god come on come on <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole generation of kids that can grow up now wanting to be stone cold et yes right you know exactly that's Great that's point. where we're
0: living that's the time what a time to be alive i also want to be clear for a second stone cold e- i have nothing to do with stone cold et it's not my bit
2: nah. i didn't
0: i'm not the voice of stone cold et <laughs> i just think it's hysterical and i keep using it i gotta give that guy some money or something dude. something something he's he's a, he's a fucking talent he's oh a God, trailblazer real talent anyways you want to play baseball when do you yeah, no, when do you give up your baseball career and decide to be an actor i don't know i mean gave up the baseball career i think i knew i stopped
1: growing when i was in eighth grade <laughs> so that was kind of the end of everything Got it. you know my varsity jacket story right
0: uh I you, feel like I told you. I, yeah,
1: you've told me this. I don't remember the abbreviated version. I grew uh, so I was like a good soccer player. So I made the varsity soccer team my freshman year, and that was like a big deal in my town. It was right. a historic, uh, historically a good soccer program. Got it. So I was like, "Mom, Dad, I gotta get this varsity jacket. I yeah, gotta put yeah, the yeah. word out. Right, let yeah. him know. Yes. I'm gonna be a four year letterman. <laughs> we gotta get all these patches. Put the word out. New dude in town. Got it. My mom's dude. like. You got it. Look, I see you wanna flex, Mikey. Let's go for it. We'll spot you on the jacket, but this thing's gotta last you and it's an expensive coat. Right. We gotta go one size up. Oh, so, so you can grow into this good. and that weight'll last you all four years. Right. The coat never fit.
0: Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Cause they bought you a size up, we, but then we you went the size growing. up, and I just absolutely oh, pumped the brakes so on growing. Funny. and it never ever fit. Did you ever wear it? Did you? You must have worn it. Initially. I bailed on it. <gasps> yeah, initially, but then I bailed on it. I was like, "This uh. coat doesn't fit. It's horrible." Oh my god, it's devastating. And it never came around. Nope. Did it have like the leather sleeves and everything? Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh. Hell. Oh hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that's fantastic! What a great story. Uh, I didn't know that. About, I didn't know whether you. And then you just go well, like, when do you go? St- I'm gonna be an actor. You're in college. You're in some fucking I show don't know, or
1: something. Man. I have, you know. And again, not to continue to plug my therapist, but we're probing <laughs> the depths of my life, and I don't remember anything from being alive. Right. Same. So, so the, the the moments that I do remember are in fifth grade. We were doing auditions for a show in the class. It was yeah. about um Alan Pinkerton. Right. I think that's his name, the first private eye, Alan Pinkerton? Right, I think right, so. Right. Hey, we can have research, check that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and I didn't get it. My friend Rob got it. And I remember fucking I got Rob. I went to the bathroom and fucking cried immediately. Ugh. Immediately. Because I was like, that mate. dude doesn't even fucking want
0: it. Right. Like, right. he didn't want fucking it. Rob. And I
1: knew I wanted it. So that's, my fir- that's the first moment I remember of, like, wanting... A performing type Mm, thing mm. And so when it came to Sixth grade graduation play We did a In hindsight Highly problematic Tribute to Christopher Columbus And (laughs) I was this tour guide Highly problematic role Jamaican (laughs) accent Not good Yeah really bad God Really bad Oh my god Um, But it was the lead And I was I went home I learned the songs Yeah I learned the script And I fucking crushed the audition yeah And the two sixth grade teachers Came up to me afterwards And they were like Look like the the it was an undeniable audition. Yeah, yeah. they couldn't they right. couldn't get in the way. There, of it. This
0: kid's act, Jamaican accent is so it's so offensive. Offensive. Yeah, that we have to have him in our show.
1: This this ninety four percent white suburban town is gonna get rocked <laughs> by this hor- crude and rude portrayal by this twelve year old. Just horrible. What did they make us do? Um. But they were like, I, you know, not that I wasn't like a bad kid, but mm. I got, you know, I got in my fair share of uh, trouble as a kid and, and they were like, well, if we're going to tr- trust you with this, Michael,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they like wanted to make it very clear. And I was like, gang, I actually want this. I'm going to do a good job. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. do a good job with this yeah. thing. Um, so that was like the big, that's like the swing point for me, like this fifth to sixth grade thing of like not getting it, realizing how bad I wanted this mm-hmm. thing, then dialing in for the sixth mm-hmm. grade graduation show, cooking it. And then I just did shows all throughout junior high and high school. I was a theater major at college. But even then, it's such a stupid career. That, such, like, a,
0: Yeah, right. Say I,
1: it. I, I came into the city and I was like, I'll give this right two years. Right, yes. And if I don't have something by the end of two years, yep. I'll fucking, yep. I don't know, I'll go t- take a law school exam or something. I'll figure right. something else out. Yep. And then I started studying. I started studying at the William Esper Studio in New York. And that's when I realized, like, oh, you know what? I, I got to remove all time frames from this mm-hmm. and decide. If I want to do it or not and if Mm -hmm. I do want to do it it's because I love it and I love the craft and I will find fulfillment in it even if I'm not booking jobs even Mm -hmm. if I'm not making it my main source of income like will am I willing to be a a career waiter Mm -hmm. a career temp to do do, do something else and then book that one job Mm -hmm. a year do Mm -hmm. I love it that much And, and I remember in the classroom when I when I decided yes
0: that is what I want that's lovely and that was the shift Torp, we got to move on. We got to get into the story of this Let's do it. In researching this, I found out that the T-shirt canon largely attributed to one man, Tim Dirk. So what did we do here at First Ballad? Our intrepid producer, Jessica saying tracked down Tim Dirk, got him to be on the show. He couldn't join us live, but I do have some tape with Tim answering some of my questions. Unbelievable. We're going to play it together, listen together. How exciting is that, Torp? I can't wait. This
1: is great. This is like talking to the inventor of baseball.
0: I also love that his uh, sound bites will take away from your episode time. All right, whatever. Okay, here Come we go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> here's our first. Here's my our first clip from my conversation with Tim Dirk. It's an intro. Let's listen together.
2: Hi, my name is Tim Dirk. The reason I'm here is I was the Spurs Coyote for over 21 years, and during that time. I became acquainted with and elevated the use of the t shirt cannon in the NBA. God damn, what a sentence.
0: What a <laughs> sentence.
2: Well, what's interesting is I can say I was, uh, I elevated the use of the t shirt cannon. You see that I didn't actually say I invented it. Right. As you'll see, it's, I call it a group concept, a uh, fraternity.
0: Who was in this group of mascots that helped invent the T-shirt
2: cannon? Good question, because I like to mention the other guys. Please. Um, There's a, we'll call it a cast of furry creatures, but (laughs) the prominent roles would be myself, um, the Phoenix Gorilla, and Rocky from Denver. Right. And uh, I won't mention their names, uh, because we were anonymous at the time that we did it. I love it. But not only did we elevate the use of the, we called it the t-shirt cannon at that time. uh, But we, since we are all performing, we kept attempting to one up each other with its use. And that actually led to its rapid improvement. How good is that Torp?
0: I just,
1: oh, I can't. People, we, I don't know how to talk that man knows how to speak yes right very patient yes yes his word choice specific mm-hmm, deliberate mm-hmm, yes why was
0: i not taught to speak right like him <laughs> i get it i get it it's a he's lovely he's a lovely man what a dream his and,
1: pronunciation of gorilla yes fantastic <laughs> respecting, like, a couple of puns on the fact that they were yes. all dressed up as animals. For,
0: yes. I didn't even pick that up until this, listen. Fur eternity is what he said. Well, for, fraternity. Right. For, oh, right. So it looks like you still didn't quite get it. You're absolutely right. <laughs> you're absolutely right he said fraternity it's a fraternity, fraternity. i thought yes. he was saying for eternity but it changed the four to fur but you're right he's saying fraternity fraternity yeah isn't it funny to think about three because this is what my brain does you think about the those three guys in character in the suits around a table like spotlit toplet right as they're mm-hmm. looking at a schematic for this gun that's what your brain does
2: you absolutely. think
0: about the mascots doing this together that's a blast and that's part of my art. I mean, I can,
1: we can talk at any point to get into this here, but like the fact that the very serious discussion of the T-shirt canon, right. they always involve the proper names of the mascots. Yes, it's the best. You're reading a a detailed article, and it will
0: say Rocky, right? Or, Orbit, <laughs> and it's just a real treat. I have this later, but let's slide it on up. Can we talk about mascot names and great mascots? Absolutely. Do you have a favorite mascot? Uh, I do. It's part of a full
1: franchise love, um, and that is uh, Bernie Brewer. (laughs) No,
0: that's not true. Are you being serious? 100%. Wait, hold on, because I'm realizing as I asked you this question, we never table set. I jumped right over your table set, which was favorite sport, favorite team, favorite athlete of all time. We didn't do that. So wait a minute. Do that, and then we'll get back to Bernie Brewer. Okay. Okay. Uh,
1: Favorite sport? is i really i i hate to say it still because it doesn't feel good it's baseball yeah you're white i'm a baseball guy that's not just about being white it's mostly about being white (laughs) i want to say soccer because i actually enjoy soccer more in terms of watching it as a live event oh that's really enjoy watching live soccer um but i still have to say baseball just because it just feels like it's so uh, good it's chromosomal at this point it's just so in, in my dna um favorite team, New York Metropolitans Baseball Club. Right. And a
0: favorite player. Oh, who are you gonna say here? Are you it's you're a gonna hard go one. you're gonna no, go I'm, some
1: um I'm not going out? No,
0: I'm not under the radar outside. Mets guy.
1: No, 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 not okay. under the radar. Okay, okay, okay. There's plenty, but there's just so many. I, I mean I'm tempted to say Rusty Staub. Right, yeah. Le, Le Grand Orange. Right, right. But I won't. <laughs> um It's it's Keith Hernandez.
0: Right. There. Let's go.
1: It's Keith. On the field, watching the uh, 30 for 30 about the 86 Mets, seeing how he led that team, how he held that clubhouse together, Uh. how he let the credit go Mm -hmm. other places when necessary, Mm -hmm. how he let Gary Carter do his thing, also respected Gary Carter. But to me, the biggest thing was the openness he had about his relationship with his father, Mm -hmm. complicated relationship with his father, and a beautiful relationship with his brother. Like when he he tells story he tells a story I think it's in that um the series against the Astros, he's like he, his dad would call him between innings and talk about mm. at bats, and he was talking to his brother and his brother was he's like Keith is searching for a solution here, I I forget if it, it must have been the Nolan Ryan game because that was I think that was the game six of that they didn't want to go seven because they knew they'd have Mike Scott again game seven right so I think the Mets beat them game six I think research again if you can check that for me. <laughs> Um, so it was Nolan Ryan and I think Ryan was just peppering him and he couldn't, he wasn't, he wasn't coming up with the big hit. So he was talking to his brother and his brother was watching the game and he said like, Keith, you're doing everything right. You've got this. Just go fucking do it. Mm. Like there was no, there wasn't a a shift. There was no adjustment that he needed to do. No swing change. His brother saw what he was doing. He's like, he's just, it's just bad luck right now. Like he's going to stay dialed in. You're doing it right." Right. And he gets up there, he gets the big hit, Mets win the game. Fantastic. So I, lo- I just love that anecdote. I love the idea of like having that relationship with your family mm-hmm. where in these moments where I couldn't possibly think about the mm-hmm. amount of pressure mm-hmm. that you're feeling to be like, let me go in the dugout and make a call to my, my brother Ugh. or Lovely. my dad Lovely. and just like talk through this moment and reconnect with like why I love baseball and what got me here. And I, So I love Keith for his play on the field, what he meant mm-hmm. to the franchise, and just how open he is about um you know, his life.
0: And now in the booth and famously killed it on yeah. Seinfeld. So he's got yeah. that going for him as well. Fantastic. Great in the booth. Great, Great the answer. Booth. So wait. Okay. So obviously I know you as a gigantic uh, New York Metropolitans fan, maybe the biggest yeah. Metropolitans fan that I know. Let's get back to Bernie Brewer here. How the hell is the answer not Mr. Met and it's Bernie Brewer? Look, Mr. Met is. Uh, Mr. He, Met.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Look, I love, I love Mr. Met, but he Mr. doesn't Met's have Mr. Met's very funny. No personality. I disagree. I don't wow. think he has any any distinct personality. How, so what makes you say he's funny? He's got the big baseball head. Okay, funny looking,
0: Neil. That's mean. <laughs> You're saying he's funny looking. <laughs> he's also it's he's also a good punchline because he represents the Mets and the Mets can be a punchline, no offense. And, be, and because it's it, his name is Mr. Met. So it's, like, very anthropomorphized. It's, like, very close to making fun of a human. He's, like, an almost human version of the New York Mets. And I realize there are human New York Mets, but he's, like, the (laughs) the human version of the team. He, like, represents the team. That's funny. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it.
1: I just think he was – he's very – He's charming in a very retro
0: okay. vein.
1: Okay. Like his look is retro. He was an early mascot. That's why all they did was put a baseball right. on a human. Yes. Like that's they thought that's as <laughs> that's far so as they good. needed to
0: go. And it is.
1: It is as far as they need <laughs> to go. I want to be clear. For that early. Totally. Okay. Totally. And I think he's great. But I just don't think he he doesn't have any like trademark bits. Got it. He hasn't established himself. So
0: tell me about Billy Brewer. Why do you like
1: Billy Brewer? Bernie Brewer. Bernie Brewer, whatever. Who gives a shit? Uh, Major points for any team that leans hard into the vibe of the city. Right. Okay. So we're talking like Milwaukee's best, old Milwaukee. Right. Solid, solid (laughs) brewed beers. Okay. (laughs) Nothing fancy, working class. I had a hard fucking day. I just want to have my old Milwaukee. Can of beer. Brown bottle. (laughs) <laughs> or a can of beer, whatever you want, and just leave me alone for ten minutes. Right. We're all about drinking beer. This whole town, this whole ball club, Ugh. we just love cold beers.
0: It's a very compelling argument. A very compelling ar- argument. I'm not even going to follow it. It's really well done. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Let's dive. If back- there's someone, if I could just say, if there is
1: someone who I know would support a team that's all about drinking cold beers, it would be Stone Cold ET. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh hell yeah. You know what I mean? You're absolutely right. Perfectly said. Well said. Uh let's back let's dive back into Tim here. Uh we're we're talking about mascots here. Let's I asked Tim how he became the Spurs mascot. Let's listen. Yeah.
2: I was acting and doing stunt commercials uh as part of way I was actually what my job was. Right. And then the Spurs went to their ad agency and said, we want to increase attendance. We we need somebody who's really kind of crazy. And the ad agency guy said, oh, I don't know what the mascot's going to be, but I know who. Oh, great. And his name's Tim.
0: Amazing. How great is that? Fantastic. He's an actor. Yeah. You didn't love do that. you didn't. And by the by, I want to be clear. This was Torpy's idea for an episode, which I love. It's very creative. Very funny. Great job, Torpy. Uh, I didn't, you, I don't, you didn't do this for this reason, but the guy that created the t-shirt cannon is an actor who got this job and had to be creative and ended up making this thing. That's fantastic. This is amazing. I love that so much. Isn't that really good? He's a guy that
1: just knows how to entertain. Mm -hmm.
0: That's exactly right. And he
1: channeled it into this thing. Exactly. He knew, he knew he needed to come up with something to get people on their feet. And it was this.
0: Uh, I asked him how he came up with, like because he created the Spurs mascot, the Coyote. He created that. I asked him how he came about doing that. Here, here's his answer.
2: Uh, the Spurs wanted me to be either a cowboy or uh, an armadillo. And I said, I don't want to be disrespectful. But I think the Dallas has the cowboy angle already covered. Right. And I think the only armadillo I've ever seen so far, after coming down from Chicago, the only armadillo I've seen is belly up on the side of a highway. And I
0: said, I think they carry rabies. <laughs> so he spends, he goes, give me a couple of weeks. And he comes up with the the Spurs coyote based off of the coyote from Roadrunner, who's sort of always taking the loss. Very funny how much like time and effort he puts into this and how much carry put into it. You can tell it, you can feel it. You can hear it when you hear him talk about it. Uh, and I think you and I know, because we learned sort of very early on in our careers, how funny mascot mascot costumes are. You can do almost anything in a mascot costume, and it will always be funny. True or false?
1: Uh, 100% true. Uh, I think there's a subversion that happens in the mascot costume. Yes. Like you're assuming that this is childlike. Right. Because it's kind of just like a giant stuffed animal, and then they do absolute bad shit, crazy right. stuff. Right. And it's completely
0: unexpected. It's so... It's so... What is that? That you... When you're dealing with a mascot... You treat it like you never think about the person inside. You treat it like it's a mascot. You treat it like it's whatever the thing's name is. And you go, hey, Wally Green Monster, or whatever it is, you just like completely fall in. It's like Sesame Street. I heard an actor once talking about Sesame Street and being on Sesame Street and how when you're acting across from Kermit the Frog, he's like, it's within like 10 seconds you're calling that fucking thing Kermit and you're talking to its face and you're looking at its eyes and you're not thinking at all about anything else. You're just like completely in on this thing being. Kermit the Frog, same thing with mascots. What is that? It's a good question.
1: I mean, I, I wonder if it's about it allows us to project onto it more. Right. right. Like we're we're receiving we're not getting as many signals, right? We're seeing this static face. We're not like reading. <laughs> we're not like reading somebody's eyes, right? We're just right. Like putting things out there and we're right. putting things onto it. Right. And what do we put onto it? We put onto it like excitement and right. joy and love. Yes. And so it can just it can just hold those feelings for us. Fantastic. But then it turns around, then it turns around and like pulls our pants down, and we're like, "Hey, what the fuck, dude? Oh, this guy's the a blast. That? This guy's crazy.
0: This guy, what wow, a hell was...
1: of a good time! I thought I was hanging out with my childhood teddy bear, and this uh, thing just
0: dunked on my face and hit me with a cream pie. You." <laughs> A fantastic joke here to button there, but I do want to take a moment and go, that's a fantastic little ad. You're right. There's something like sweet and innocent about it all, and you're projecting all of these things that you want out of this thing, and it bounces right back to you. And so you you do you really sink into this. That's a lot of fun to think about. A great job there, a great answer.
1: I thanks. So. I married a psychotherapist. <laughs>
0: Uh, I asked Tim. getting back to the t-shirt cannon. I asked him a little (laughs) bit about fabrication, who designed the cannon. Let's listen to it together.
2: And I guess that would lean a little towards me.
0: I want to, I do want to say, I want to be coming back in. Tim was very conscious about not taking credit and I appreciate that. Yes. I want to say Tim Dirk invented the t-shirt cannon. I, I feel it in my bones. I know it. But he's very he was very sharing of the of the uh, resp- of the credit. Uh, here he is again talking about something.
2: And I guess that would lean a little towards me, because in the beginning of my career, uh, nowadays, for example, in the NBA, every second is scripted. Right. I mean, down to ten seconds. Right. Back in the beginning, we call it the wild, wild west of the NBA. We didn't have anything printed at any page at all during the games. So at that point, you become a MacGyver. You just look around the room and you see right. there's a paint can. Right. And there's a traffic cone. Oh, what can I do with a painted traffic cone? I can put it on the rough head. I mean, you just were a MacGyver. You just kind of right. grab it. Right. So the, uh, the T-shirt cannon at that time was really surgical tubing that uh, I got from a hospital. And I rigged a little pocket in the middle of the tubing. So you pulled it back like a slingshot. Right. And just let the t-shirt go that way. And it it went, oh, almost 30 feet. It was just amazing. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) so something had to be done better. So at some point, I went into a shop talked to a person who was an actual engineer. He and I thought, okay, we can do this with CO2 gas and propulsion. And all of a sudden I had the first prototype of what we call the T-shirt cannon. But the problem was it had to have two large tanks on your back, like a scuba diver on dry (laughs) land. So with the tanks and the cast iron T shirt cannon that I was using. Like <laughs> cast iron is the plumbing you have in your bathroom. The heavy it weighed ninety pounds. Oh my god. So in effect, I was running around with the Sony TV on my back at that.
1: <laughs> How good is that?
2: <laughs> That's super funny.
1: Um, uh amazing. That idea of like just looking around and finding like he said, find oh, I could put that cone on the ref's head. Right. That's, like, that creativity that comes out of Mm -hmm. necessity, Mm -hmm. being bored. It it reminds me, like, the mischief. I've got a a six-year-old and a two-year-old. And, like, when you, sometimes you'll scan the room and be like, I I think I can leave my kids in this room. (laughs) Like, I I don't think there's anything here that they're going to fuck with too bad. You know? And then you, like, come back in and you're like, who who you took apart a sofa? <laughs> like you unscrewed a sofa? <laughs> but that's like what kids do, right? Like they like yes. they look around the room and they're like, what can I mess with? Right. What can I play with? What can I tinker with? And he's like in that same
0: mental state. That's very exciting. It's it's funny to think about him as a creative and like this just being the manifestation of the creative process. And uh it's it's really lovely. And I also can't get away from the fact that he's an actor and he's creative and he's wants to perform. And so he's looking for things to perform with I, Again, I, you, you, didn't choose it for this reason, but I think it's lovely. I wonder what you will create and do that will end up becoming a hallmark of your career. Once you're fucking dead and gone. Not that Tim is dead. Tim's not dead. Very alive. Great. He's a he sounds great, very, very a great alive shape. in the interview. Yeah, he's very, alive. I mean, <laughs> oh okay here we go uh may, maybe this next question reveals a bit more about me but i i did ask tim if he ever considered getting a patent on the t-shirt cannon here's his lightning answer
2: that is the question that my brother asked me every other <laughs> thursday <laughs> he really does and the answer is no and rather than think of it as oh god why not is at some point Elvis wore pajamas when he was a little right. kid. Right. But nobody has Elvis's pajamas. <laughs> but you just don't think Elvis's parents just didn't think to save. Right. Right. How do I know they're going to be? <laughs> he's not Elvis yet. He's, he's little LV right. on right. the floor. So when I had the gun, it was just a bit right. that I could use when I right. st- there was a timeout quicker than we thought. We weren't prepared or whatever. Oh, just grab the gun. It wasn't like, I think these pajamas are going to be worth a fortune. <laughs> yeah. no. Its use was so communal to us right. amongst actors. Right. that That was a little bit like me saying, did you trademark something from Second City in Chicago? Right. When it was really, that's a group of right. people doing improv. Right no no it's a little sleazy
0: it's 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 a it's an amazing and lovely contribution to the craft there we go how about that oh my god what a guy you know you know what it is i realized that I've, ever since you said it, i've been thinking about it <clears throat> tim is talking he's like having a conversation he's sharing you and like I'm trying to put on a show for you and you're trying to put on a show for the audience. Mm-hmm. And he's like just going, Let me tell you all about this stuff. And he's mm-hmm. like sharing. And and I'm like trying to make you think that this is a good episode and I've done a great job and that you're like excited to be on here. And you're like trying to make people laugh. And he's like having a conversation. He's like sharing. He's like yeah. saying things that matter. And you and I were yeah. doing bits. I'd say I'm a lot more like Tim than you are. <laughs> you
1: like think? there's I would say there's like there's you, and then me, and then Tim. <laughs> right. He's at the top. I'm in the middle right. there.
0: Well,
1: we'll let so the I'm, audience decide. Yeah, unless Jason Sudeikis is available.
0: <laughs> see that? Always always coming in with a button joke there. Um, this, I feel like this would uh, you'd appreciate this question. I asked Tim if, if he ever uh, opened up the cannon, you know, stretched her legs, you know what I mean? <laughs> Souped it up, see what she could do. Here's what he said.
2: Oh, I did baseball games, uh, minor league baseball games. I did a ton of them. And so we could just crank it all we could because you didn't have a dial at that time. Right. I could stand on home plate, shoot a T-shirt that would go home run to left field. Into the, <laughs> into the
0: Can you imagine, Torp? Can Unbelievable. You imagine? Unbelievable. Woo! That's a hell of a shot. It must have been a blast. That, that brings me to my next uh, Michael Torpy question, personal question you do can you talk about the baseball game we went to when you when we were there for batting practice can you tell a little bit about that story absolutely wait 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 no wait hold on well, can i tell the story sure because i think my perspective is way funnier yeah, yeah okay yeah. okay okay we're at a baseball game with me you and my uh my best friend jay and we're at the game and you drifted off somewhere we don't i don't know where you went or why you left but jay and i are staying there talking we're there early. We're there early. BP. They're taking BP. Yeah. We're in uh, left field, correct? Yes. Le- we're in left I, field. I'm talking to Jay. Torpy takes off. He's He's gone somewhere. We don't know where he is. Jay and I are talking. And in the middle of our conversation, Jay goes, where's Torpy? And he and I together start scanning the outfield, the bleachers, to find you. And in unison, together, our heads are locked. They're synchronized. We turn to our left and we keep panning and panning and panning. And just as we find you, crack, the ball goes, whoever's hitting ball goes. starts flying out of the stadium. And as our heads land on you, you catch the BP home run is the best. <laughs> The best. <laughs> you jump up and make a stab catching the BP home run just as we find you right true or false I love it true I mean that was from your side
1: I was not uh, I was just locked in it was Cabrera Miguel Cabrera was taking uh, and I was
0: locked in on him and you're watching just... so you're intending you're out there thinking I'm gonna catch one of these balls absolutely <laughs> So you catch the ball, Jay and I burst into hysterics because we've just landed on you. Of course we find you and you catch a home run ball. We're howling with laughter. You start walking back towards us. So you're coming back over towards the foul pole. You're now dying laughing because you can't keep you can't keep a straight face. That's my <laughs> no, favorite thing about you. You cannot <laughs> hold on to the laugh. You can't play Mr. Cool in the moment. You're dying laughing because you just caught this ball and we saw it happen. True or false? Yes, true. You walk back to us. You get, you know, we're further down, closer to the wall. You come back to the, you're walking to the section, to the, to the stairs to come down the thing. Crack. Another Mickey home run. <laughs> soars over my head soars over jay's head and where does it land my mitt (laughs) (laughs) you catch two beefy home runs in a row the
1: second one was i saved a woman's life (laughs) she was not paying attention and i laid out and really made it the second one was a great catch you
0: you leapt up to, to make the stab the second one yes how does that, okay, hold on. You Now you're, I can see already you're clenching your jaw a little bit. You're trying to, <laughs> <laughs> trying to hold on to it. You, that was a very cool moment in the, in the, have you ever done anything cooler than catch two BP home runs back to back with your friends there watching it all happen live? It's pretty, I mean, pretty electric moment. Very
1: cool. Pretty electric.
0: Very, very cool. Felt
1: Fantastic. Felt great to catch a ball off the bat, a big leaguer.
0: The feel of just snapping the leather. (laughs) It was great. It was great. To see, I think a lot about, like, Rihanna to me, George Clooney, I'd say, is, like, second, but Rihanna to me I think is the coolest person on the planet. And when you see her, like, you know, what do they call them, clapbacks, when you see her clap back against, like, a reporter or, like, somebody interviewing her, I love that stuff. You're like – cool person, really cool thing that you did. That's cool. Like, how could you – you can't measure the coolness on that. To me, you, not very cool. But that mo- that singular yeah. moment to me, for my money, honestly, and I mean this, that could be the coolest thing I've ever seen, you catch two BP home runs like that. That's amazing. Gra- what First one, good, solid catch. Everyone's watching you. Everyone heard the crack of the bat. Everyone's turning to watch. And you snap that thing out of the air. You're Mm. laughing, you're having a good time, you walk right back, crack, you're right there again. Except (laughs) this one, you make a leaping grab. It's really, it's fantastic. You don't talk about it enough. It's truly one of the, it's probably the best sporting moment you've ever had in your life. I think it's very cool.
1: It was a blast. And it was, I mean, only really a blast because you guys were there also. Because, you know, like, you watch that guy who, like, catches all the balls. There's that guy who goes to all the ballparks and catches home runs. That's right. He's celebrating with the camera and right. like nobody else there. But like to have your buddies there Ugh. and to have it be such a silly thing to happen. Yes, it was an
0: absolute blast. Oh my god! Congratulations on that. It was fantastic. Thank you. Last uh, last bit about Tim Dirk here. Uh, I asked him for his opinion of the newfangled T-shirt cannon designs. You know, like the fucking Gatling gun things. Yeah. I asked him his opinion on these. Let's listen to what he said.
2: I'm a little bit now. I've realized that I'm suddenly Clint Eastwood saying, "Get off my lawn." <laughs> <laughs> I understand the entertainment value of rat-a-tat-tat right. instead of pop-pop-pop, but you you're a purist. Remember, yeah, I didn't. I didn't invent the canon or uh, help invent it to shoot t-shirts. It's to entertain, right? Yes. And so it's it's what you do between those eight shots. I love somehow, it. How do you make a timeout like that inch? It's you entertain. Uh, so I would say that shooter now is probably the same opinion I have for e-bicycles. Right. I mean, I get why we have them, right. but ah, you're supposed to spin. And now you just push your thumb. I don't know. Get off my lawn. <laughs>
0: So good. We're gonna, we're Very to We're gonna release the full Tim Dirk interview. Spurs mascot for 21 years, 992 consecutive Spurs home games. It'll be a fantastic listen. It'll be way better than this podcast with Torpy. Way better. That'll, He's like the Lou Gehrig. <laughs> that'll come out on our feeds to make sure you're subscribed. Uh now that the we Lou know Lou Gehrig of men dressed like animals. He really is. He's it's amazing. It's a fantastic listen. I couldn't I just want to talk to him about the fucking t-shirt can. And then I talked to him for like an hour and a half. Sincerely, I couldn't stop. He's fantastic, anyways. Uh, now that we know a bit about the creation of the T-shirt canon, I think we can dive into appreciating it. Let's go through our Hall of Fame credentials. If if this thing's going to make the first belt Hall of Fame, we got to go through our Hall of Fame credentials. Those are the categories by which we judge all of our moments. Uh, Torpy, are you ready? Yeah. And let me just say that I want to put this whole podcast yeah. under
1: protest. Okay. The fact that you're making me go through this to prove the value of the T-shirt canon is a bit of an outrage. Got it. You know what I mean? Got like it. they didn't. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame wasn't like, hey, right. ACDC, play us a song. Right,
0: right. You know, they, right.
1: they remembered where they were when they heard Thunderstruck right. and immediately set
0: okay. whatever room they were in on fire. Yep. I, you know what? And let me tell you, I guess that's the difference between the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the first Ballot Hall of Fame. Motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you hear what I'm fucking saying? There's a difference between their shit and my shit. My shit's right. fucking pure, baby uncut right,
1: well, we'll play the game i'm just so confident this thing's going it's going here to we Raptors, go baby it's
0: going straight up the first category as always analytics a twi- here are some of the numbers behind the t-shirt gun a 2016 study on the dangers of a t-shirt cannons found a t-shirt cannons pack about 15 times the kinetic energy of a paintball gun and nearly half that of a nine millimeter I mean, I hate to continue to do this, because I feel like we've done it so much already, but
1: honestly, OH HELL, oh, yeah. hell YEAH I mean, there's not going to be a stat that you tell me where that response will, will not be appropriate. This thing is, this. these things are legit weapons uh. set to party mode. Uh you know what i mean very good i I read about the the australian government confiscated a bunch of t-shirt cannons because they were like these are class b weapons you got to have people with proper authorization and training firing off these t-shirts and yet they're still everywhere
0: speaks to the power of the cannon the fun gun hot shot as which is used by the new york metropolitans weighs just under 10 pounds uses compressed co2 I saw somebody on uh, a in a 11 year old AMA uh uh on reddit uh who sh- who fires uh, t-shirt cannons uh, said that they used 2000 psi I don't know if that's true or false but let's just go with it uh the the fun gun the mets fun gun 100 they did three they did two tests one 100 no pardon three tests 165 feet on the first one two third 230 feet down the line maybe you know maybe there's a little less uh, wind that's you know if you're going down the line you got that left field third uh, third baseline uh, blocking mm-hmm. some of the wind there 230 feet down the line uh and over 100 feet vertical up clean into the upper deck uh very mm. impressive stats there on the fun gun the mets fun gun uh, Absolutely. The eleven-year-old AMA kid said that he made twelve dollars an hour. That was eleven years ago. Not bad for you to fire t-shirts out. It's Not bad. Like fun. Seasonal work. Seasonal work. Yeah, probably you know off off uh, summer vacation, right? Yeah. Firing old t-shirts into the stand. sounds like a blast. Uh, and then the last stat I found: the quad-barrel t-shirt gatling gun is owned by the Milwaukee Bucks. hundred eighty-six shirts in fifteen seconds.
1: I I mean, and I'm a little bit Tim Dirk on this one. Like, I do think there's, it's possible to devalue it a little bit. You know, I am nervous about where will this arms race Mm -hmm. lead us. Right, right. It's bringing back, (laughs) I I remember I had such anxiety in high school about the advancements of shaving technology. Mm -hmm. I lived through, when when we went from the Gillette had two razor blades, to then Mach 3, mm-hmm. to then Mach 4. Right, right, right and right. And I, you got nervous. You didn't know where it was going to stop. Right, How many right. fucking blades are yes. they going to put on the end of this stick? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yep. So I, I do have some of that same anxiety. I just hope they know when to say when.
0: It does speak to the profound... Uh, uh joy of this thing that they've said let's hey let's keep this going like this direction was a good one maybe we keep going again we'll we'll see if we'll see if this thing ends up making the first bell hall fame it's tough Uh, the eye test is next uh torp what do you see when you see yeah a a t-shirt cannon when you see those people come out to fire some t-shirts into the crowd are you seeing yes. anything that, that makes Let this me thing extra special? Yeah. on Again, I hate to be so arrogant, but what a
1: stupid fucking question. <laughs> what are you seeing? You are seeing a grown man dressed like a coyote uh-huh. holding a cannon, <laughs> shooting a T-shirt at your face. Can we vote? Can we just vote now? Can we go to the vote? We have a quorum.
0: Have you ever caught a t-shirt in a stand, no. no. though? No. Two baseballs, two home runs, two BP home runs, never a t-shirt. That's Me it. either on the t-shirt.
1: Never, never got a foul ball.
0: Never foul ball. But those... those Have not caught a they'll t-shirt. They'll never take those two BP home runs away from you. Never. No. Uh, I but that's wonder, it, man. That's what you're seeing. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah.
1: seeing, like, mascots. And now we know, like, what's really in that suit. Mm-hmm. Trained thespians. Mm-hmm. Stunt You're right. Like, legit acrobats. Yep they're holding class B Australian weapons <laughs> you know they're not breaking character yeah. and they are just firing
0: those yeah. things all over the stadium it is a blast it is a blast it is a blast uh the the, the next category the next credential the ear test there's you know, i'm going i did find a clip of someone firing one i found a indianapolis local news reporter who fired one at a colts game let's listen to what it sounds like uh for a t-shirt. And I left a little bit of a headroom on the top of this clip uh because the kid is talking this reporter through it. Let's listen to what he has to say.
1: And it's going to kick a little bit. Okay. I love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A man. Can you hear that Hell yeah. thing? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Can you hear that it's thing? Kick a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> That
1: that okay is far too casual. Yeah. She has no idea <laughs> no what she's in for. And you hear it in the giggle, too. You hear it, it just in the giggle. rips. Yeah, yeah, she's caught off guard. I mean, that sound is unmistakable. Unmistakable. You know exactly yep. what it is. Yep. You're, you are mid conversation with your buddy, and you hear that go off, and you are on your feet. Immediately, your stance is getting a little bit wider, mm-hmm. and you are just yeah, ready. You're, you're ready to start moving lateral. <laughs> you know, and you're just you're you're ready. You're ready to to push a child if needed. Yeah, to get that t-shirt. You know exactly what's going yeah. on.
0: You are gir- you're girding up a bit. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's very funny. What made you think to suggest this is a topic for the show? I just think it's a I think it's a very fun element yeah. of sport. Yeah, it really is. God. I think it's,
1: a, you know, it's a great invention that they came up with. Yeah. It's when, you, when you are, like, and again, this is a very, this is, they're not at the city field anymore, but Pepsi, used to be a mm-hmm. Pepsi ballpark. Right. And it was the Pepsi party patrol. <laughs> and literally, if you were, like, getting up out of your seat to take a pee between yeah. innings. Right. And you heard, fans, yes. welcome to <laughs> the Pepsi party patrol. You fucking 180 <laughs> staying, back to your it. seat. You're holding it. You're holding it. Yeah, holding it. I'm ho- I'll am i make the next half inning. <laughs> I can hold it three more outs. <laughs> I'm going to get this fucking T-shirt.
0: What you're you, You're absolutely right. What is that? That's the burning question. Next credential. What is it about T-shirt cannons? You, you nailed the, the mascot thing. The, the next question is to you. Your answer to this question could put this thing in the first bell hall of fame. What is it about the T-shirt cannon? What is it that makes us all react like that so uniformly?
1: So for me, I think the T-shirt cannon democratized live sports. Okay, keep going. Okay, you get. Okay, you get. We've all been in that experience, especially with baseball. Right. Baseball has the most uh, souvenir potential.
0: Right. Yes. 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 You get. You get invited. Souvenir to Souvenir potential. Hold on. You're absolutely right. You. Right. You can get a thing that they're playing with at a baseball. Yes. Game. I don't, do they so let you keep fun. a hockey
1: puck? Do they let you keep a hockey puck?
0: I would assume so. Yeah, I would assume. I if would, I would assume you, the don't want the, you don't want the fight of having to go to some hockey fan and trying to get that thing back, right? No way. No but way. <laughs> Oh, my God, no. The security no. would just be wa- laid waste. <laughs> yeah. They'd be dead. They'd all be dead. But
1: you don't get to keep a football. You don't no. get to keep a basketball.
0: Nope.
1: No. Volleyball, soccer ball, those aren't right. souvenirs. Right. Those all go back right onto the right. field. Yes. Baseballs, they're yours.
0: Right, they're yours. They're yours. You take they're them home. I love it. So-
1: when you're in that situation, you go to ball games, like and you don't have money. You're sitting up top. It's fine. You're at the ball game. Then somebody invites you to good seats. Mm. What's the first thing you say? (laughs) Hey, we might get a foul ball here. Right. Yes. Right. Hey, these are, Hey, these are good seats. We might get a, we might get a foul ball here. Right. That is, that's the Holy grail. Right. To get that foul ball. Right. And for too long, that moment, that experience was only for the rich. Ugh. It was only for the people that could afford the best <laughs> seats. Until Tim Dirk right. and the fraternity uh, the decided f- <laughs> to bring that experience to the upper deck.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Now, I- that moment, that memory, that story, right. can happen anywhere in the ballpark. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, my God. I didn't plan. Any, I didn't, we, we didn't plan any of this. I just asked you this, and you had it. You had an answer. That not, I mean, that's fantastic. You're right. It democratized that feeling and that emotion. It spread it all over the arena of the stadium. Yes. Everyone gets it. Yes. Ugh. Oh, my God. I love it so much. It's the truth.
1: There, uh, what do we like? What do we do these experiences for? What do we go to live sports for, right? And this is what Tim one hundred percent got, right? It's entertainment. Yes, you know, you love a team, you want to be thrilled. All, all of these Ugh. fall under the the realm of entertainment, mm-hmm. and to really just to feel something, mm-hmm. to 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 be moved, and and that's what the T-shirt cannon does. Oh my god! It legitimately gets a full arena. On their feet, screaming for a 100% XL t-shirt. <laughs> no other sizes available. Always an XL. Covered in brands. Horribly, yeah. Branded out the ass. Not, not something you would ever get in a store. Never. That you will then take home Ugh. and maybe you'll work out in it maybe you'll cut the neck out and like give it to your partner as a sleeping right, shirt. Right,
0: yes, right. Wash your car with it.
1: Wash your car with it. But uh, it's a story and you're taking it home with you.
0: Oh man, I <clears throat> The uh, can I tell my uh, t-shirt story, my free t-shirt? Yeah. I uh, have I told you this story before, but when I went I don't to the next so. game We I go to the next game with my wife. Every every year when the Lakers come to New York, I spend money and I try to get good seats to the Knicks. Uh, Nick Lakers. I go with my wife. We're sitting in the perfect seats, great seats. Uh, and middle of the first quarter, I look across the arena. Just so randomly, I look across the arena, and I see these people sitting down in these good seats. I don't know what it is that drew my eye to there. Who is it? Dave Price. Oh. Huh. And who's with Dave Price? Lorne Michaels. Lorne Michaels' kid. Oh. <laughs> So Dave is we, – we know of Dave. Course, Dave is yeah. a, a guy that we've worked with before. Dave used to work with the Michaels family. Dave has Lauren Michaels' son with him at the Knicks game. They start throwing out T-shirts. Who catches a free T-shirt? Lauren Michaels' kid. Of course, of course Lauren Michaels' kid catches a free T-shirt. So he's holding it. We walk out of the arena after. As I'm texting Dave. I'm like, we got to – like, I want to – let's talk when we go outside. Game ends. We go outside. There's Dave. There's Lauren Michael's son who's holding the free t-shirt. And of course, Lauren Michael's son is like, I don't want this thing. You take it. And so he like throws it to me. And I throw, I go, No, no, no you take it. I throw it back to him. And it becomes that like game of like, whoever touches this thing last has to keep it. Right. Mm-hmm. And now the game is escalating because we're going, okay, we gotta go home for the night. And Dave's going, all right, we're gonna go. And I I throw it at him and it hits him. And he goes, Oh, he throws it back. And it hits us and we're like, God damn, now we got to keep. And so we one last time try to like give it to him. And so my wife grabs the shirt and goes, we can't keep the shirt. We have to win this game. My wife way too competitive takes yes. the shirt and goes, we have, he has to keep it. So she runs down uh seventh Avenue, sticks it in the hood of his sweatshirt, right? My wife turns and runs back to me. I'm standing in the subway. My wife turns and starts running back to me. And Lauren Michael's son is chasing my wife down <laughs> 7th Avenue with a free T-shirt. And my wife, who uh, I don't want to say this is characteristic of, of all women, but she starts screaming because she's being chased. We're in the middle of 7th Avenue, uh, of 7th Avenue rather, just after the Knicks game, Knicks-Lakers. They're
1: They're full. Seventh Avenue is Pack. full of people when MSG empties
0: out. Yeah. She's screaming top of her lungs. Uh, Lauren Michaels' uh, son chasing her down Seventh Avenue with a free T-shirt. She, uh, he, he throws it, eventually hits my wife. We end up having to take the free T-shirt home. And that night will always be remembered by my wife as the night that Lauren Michaels' son chased her down the street with a free T-shirt. And I will always remember that night as the night kobe scored 61 at the garden amazing how good is that
1: very funny what a game you were at that game that 61 amazing. point
0: game i'm there and there's like a little nba did like a little like you know documentary thing on him and you can see in the background of one of the shots you can see me and my wife's legs in the back. <laughs> <laughs> like some pregame shot of like Kobe getting ready, like warming up, and you can see just behind him. And I was looking. I watched this thing thinking, i got to be in this thing. And there I am. You can see my legs and my wife's legs because I'm very proud of it. Amazing. That's my uh, free T-shirt bit. Uh,
1: so, look, that was a handheld thrown T-shirt, right? Yes. Because it's the Good seats. Good seats. That's right. why we yes. need the cannon. Yep. yep,
0: I get it. You're right. It's
1: Lord a great Michael's point. son Right. didn't even want the shirt. Yeah,
0: he didn't want the shirt. He didn't want it. Come on, it meant man. nothing to him. Uh, and uh, he made my wife take it alright here we go uh, back into this uh, John Oliver who you've worked with on Last Week Tonight mm-hmm. uh, la- uh, John Oliver has a bit about um, uh, the t-shirt cannon I want to play a little, little segment here because his quote is perfect and I want to play it here we go let's listen please let's all agree I think you know deep down that if I had a t-shirt cannon backstage
1: now and I fired it into the middle of this room there'd be a fucking riot in here <laughs> There's no need to be ashamed of that. That's a Pavlovian response. It's something we all share. It binds us. If you, if you don't believe my words, maybe you'll believe my actions. Lynn. Lynn. Yeah, exactly. You hypocrites.
0: He brings out Try a t-shirt resist. cannon onto the stage. See,
1: I haven't even started yet and you've already disgraced yourself. Just there want a t-shirt. To t-shirts you're supposed to be better than this but no one is
0: but no one is you're supposed yeah. to be better than this but <clears throat> no one is yeah it's really a human thing that we should all recognize here the t-shirt canon brings about a very human response that we all have to admit we fall prey to and feel it taps
1: into something very universal yeah uh and and basically it's a love of free things mm-hmm. right like we want it's like lottery mm-hmm. you are right we we love that chance the opportunity to think to to indulge the fantasy mm-hmm. that maybe it'll come to me mm-hmm. maybe i'll get it and it's not even something we necessarily need or want in this case right. like obviously with a, with a money lottery jackpot we could all use right. money but in this, it's really just the idea that I'll be the lucky one. Yep,
0: right. I can yes. win this thing. Right. I
1: can have this moment where I'm chosen. Yes. And that is absolutely thrilling. Yeah. Really and undeniable. 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 I mean, I know Lorne Michaels' kid after the game was able to connect
0: and say like i don't really need this thing but in that moment oh, yeah. i guarantee he, he was jacked 100% to get made the play yes 100% and that's that's that uh, brings me back to another point there's a little bit of and we've discussed this before this is your word you've created this word but i want to talk about this with you because i love this concept there's a little bit of bromentum in this <laughs> we we have talked before about that yeah. like energy thing that like when guys like do a thing like i think the purest example of this is trick shot videos when you see the trick shot video and the dudes make the thing and then they celebrate together like right before that vine video tiktok like hard edit to end the thing that 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 little bit of that little pop of energy that binds people you've got a like you're when that t-shirt is flying through the air you want to make the play and when you make that catch you must turn to your buddy and be like i fucking got it there's that little bit of of bromentum there you i asked you once what would you call that energy and you c- cold said bromentum which is yeah. so fantastic uh it's raw it's uncut it's powerful do you have a favorite example of bromentum from your life that you've seen gosh i mean it really it, it is it's
1: it's friends deciding to do something right stupid yes. well yes. so yes you know pre pre vine pre any of that stuff i very much was part of a group of friends that mm-hmm. would try to jump in a pool and pass a ball around yeah, yeah, yeah and make yeah, a yeah, dunk yeah. yes you know like or like we've all got everybody has to touch this ball and get back out of the pool right. and then get back in and jump and catch yeah. how long can we get this thing going right That's sort of like, we're all doing this stupid thing, but we all got to really fucking nail it. We got to do it really well. And I will spend all afternoon until we get this ball around 20 times. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Those are electric moments. They really are. They really are. And I feel like it's a cousin of this like t-shirt energy. Uh, The the, uh, weight room videos powerful bromentum on a weight room video. Have you ever seen like college football players like a guy like, you know, squats like 450 pounds and then he racks the thing and everyone in the gym just starts oh, my screaming. God. <laughs> That's good. Yes. You see my, my hesitation on
1: the momentum is the, how beefy it can yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. I do oh, get a little nervous beefy. about like the super like, I hesitate to even say let's go anymore because yeah, 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 it's yeah. like, oh my God, dude, like <laughs> what does that even mean anymore? Like it feels like we're going to go kill
0: somebody. I love it. <laughs> but yes i understand it there's also great uh bromentum in that jay-z dirt off my shoulder clip with him and and Timberland, right which one that when he listens to uh 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 dirt off my shoulder for the first time when Timberland plays that track from jay-z yes i sorry yes and fade to black and oh my god when he squirrels he just like scrunches up his face and feels disgusted by it that's fantastic the best uh torpy before we dive back into our next credential you are in a very famous commercial. By my account, for my money, a very famous commercial. You play opposite of Michael Jordan in the Hanes spots when Jordan notoriously grew his Hitler mustache. Is that true or false? Uh, Your Honor, it's true.
1: Oh, <gasps>
0: yeah can you tell me stories about working with michael jordan can you tell our audience you acted opposite of michael jordan michael jordan i can't i, I mean, can't get over that i mean anytime i sit and actually give some time to the idea that you worked with and kind of know michael jordan i can't get over it well i mean the bottom line is we're peers yeah <laughs> you did have that riff is this true or false i think you riff this you there's like a there's like a moment in one of the spots because you did a series of these hand spots with him yeah. you're on a plane with him you're taking a flight and he's trying to sleep and you do the whole like greatest greatest of all time that's what they call right isn't that your riff that's not in the pages yeah
1: so these spots they they we had him for eight hours and that's like that's just when you get to that point in your career, you mm-hmm. can dictate these terms. People who aren't in the entertainment industry don't realize how much of working in TV and film is is just sitting around and waiting mm-hmm. while lighting gets figured out, while camera gets figured out, all these things. So, but when you're a big star like Jordan, you can be like, you got to figure all this shit out ahead of time. Right. Uh, I'll give you eight hours, yep. and that's me stepping on set, and I'm going to start a clock. And when, you know, he split it up over two days, and he's like, I oh, have four hours one day, four hours the next day. And at the end of four hours each day, I will go home. I'll do whatever you want in the middle of that. No problem. Like he was totally great about it. He was yeah, yeah, not. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic right, to work with. Right. Um, but he's just like, you know, my time is very valuable and that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's the best thing ever because you start to realize like how much time is wasted sometimes on mm-hmm, set mm-hmm. Or, or like, you know, you, you look at a bunch of different options and it's like, you just got to pick one. Let's yep, pick one and let's yep, go. Yep. So we moved quickly and they gave me a bunch of scripts and I always had them. The whole thing was shot on an airplane and I had all the scripts in my feet and we would like run one script and I'd get notes from the director, we'd do it again and and then I'd pick up a new script and just keep going through them and we just shot and shot and shot and shot and shot and they also gave me a lot of room to just play and riff and and do anything I wanted to. So it was pretty much two days of me trying to be as weird as possible because that was the whole bit. It was about like, Jordan's so famous, people must bother him everywhere he goes. So I played a carpet salesman who's sitting next to him on a flight and just chews his ear off on this like long overnight flight. And you made him laugh. He was great. Yeah. You know, we had a, we had a, oh
0: we really God. had a lot of fun. You he made awesome. Michael Jordan laugh. You had like a long conversation with him for all intents and purposes. And you made Michael Jordan laugh. Yeah. Fuck. That's so cool. Between the baseballs and the Jordan thing that you should be way cooler than you are. Well, it just goes to show you, like, you can't, Damn.
1: you know, you can't change too much of who you are. Yeah, a
0: tough break with that face.
1: No matter what happens in life, you yeah, have fa- the punchable Fuck. face. That's never going to go away. It really
0: sucks. Uh, you then, uh, there, you have a favorite, uh, you have a, not a favorite, you have a, for me, famous um, Charlotte Bobcat story, too. Is that not?
1: Oh, well, about? that yes, this is the other thing. Like, again, this was, this was absolutely the biggest break in my career. Yes. I had I was not in the union yet. Right. I got this job, I joined the Screen Actors Guild. Is that true? That was your Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. My God. This was my first big national commercial. Ugh. It was With it Michael was major. Jordan. It was absolutely major. I have no idea why they chose me. There were much bigger names going for this job. It was, it was unreal. Unreal. Um so I'm like, you know, super nervous and we're I go out early. I'm rehearsing with his stand-in. Um, which great job, by the way. If you can like, <laughs> once you reach a certain point of fame, if you see someone out in the world that's super famous and you sort of look like them, go try to be their stand-in. Oh my God. This guy goes ahead of time, gets days of work being Jordan Standin. Right. He gets all the clothes because he's the same size. He gets to right. keep all the clothes. Right. And he actually, he's his shoe is like a half size off, so he never has to give back like the Nikes, like all Chiller. the Nikes that he gets they're not they won't fit jordan so he's not just like testing them out he gets to bring those home
0: and maybe he said his, maybe he went down a half size just to keep the shoes just to
1: cram his toes oh, in he's like just, to, I just i just want to bring these to home keep
0: these J's. so i'm
1: like so nervous this whole time and obviously he doesn't care he's done these Haynes commercials right. all, all the time right. he's nervous because the all of the league owners are meeting this exact same day oh to vote on his bid oh my God. to buy the charlotte oh my bobcats God. i'm completely unaware of this He's probably thinking about it, thinking about it right. as he's listening to me drone on and on with like about carpet jokes and all this bullshit. <laughs> I'm talking about like bacon neck collars and trying to riff. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm about to be an NBA owner. I got to listen to this fucking dork go on and on about underpants. So finally, in between takes uh, a woman that he works with comes over and she just leans in and she's like, um, Michael, excuse me. It was unanimous. And he goes, thank you. And I was, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, I'll fucking bite. Like, what is that? What on earth does that mean? What does that mean? And he goes, oh, that um, they, the owners voted and I got approved I'm going to buy the Charlotte Bobcats. And I was like, that's like the, I assume that is the mountaintop. Like, Ugh. so like you dream of being. Right, you're playing basketball and you like you wanna make your high school team, then you wanna make your college team, then you wanna go pro, then you wanna maybe be an all star and win a championship, and then somewhere so far at the top of that ladder is owning a franchise. And he achieved that goal very casually while filming an underpants commercial. Oh
0: my god, so good. Do you remember what he said? Can you button up? Yeah, he
1: was like he was like, uh, I just gotta write a big check.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry you and I mean maybe I've bastardized this and taken this, but the version I remember you telling me is that you were like, Oh my gosh, congratulations. And he went, Yeah, just another check to write.
1: Gotta write a big check, yeah. And it's not, you know, I've thought about that moment a lot. And it's like, Mike, he listens, right? For sure. Yeah. Well okay. Jordan, to
0: this show? A hundred percent.
1: Okay, good. So, Michael, like you you didn't have to share your joy with me in that moment. <laughs> and I get it. You don't know me. But I do hope you got to share it with someone there at some go. point because it's a major moment. Fantastic. But I I totally respect you not having that moment with me.
0: <clears throat> do you is there an actor you feel like you've learned from the most in your career? Oof, I don't, uh, uh, on set, like you're like you're watching this person act and you're like, oh damn, look at that. And then you it's something you take with you. Who did you learn from the most? An actor that you've worked with?
1: I'd say Uzo Aduba on uh, Orange Is the New Black. What an answer. She is so authentic and giving Mm. uh as an artist like i watched her so again something that happens sometimes in the industry is like this is what's called coverage Mm -hmm. like i'm shooting your coverage Mm -hmm. and you're shooting my coverage and sometimes you need me to stand in for the Mm -hmm. coverage you know you'll see some of me and sometimes you won't and we were doing these scenes where like she was not seen at all. It was this big fight scene mm-hmm. where my character, who was a total piece of shit on that show, <laughs> instigates a fight between two of the inmates. And her coverage was done and um this woman Emily, her coverage was being filmed and Uzo just like didn't leave. Mm-hmm. Like the director kept being like, I'm not gonna see you in this shot. Mm-hmm. Uzo, take a break because it was a, an emotionally draining mm-hmm. scene. Right. Um so it would make perfect sense if she was like, mm-hmm. yeah, like right. I did I did my coverage. Yep. I'm wasted. I've got, I'm a star of this show. I'm going to, I have three more hours of filming to do. I'm going to go sit down for a minute. Mm. Nobody would have blamed her, but she was like, I'm here. Right. I'm connected with Emily. Um, Emily gave me so much, mm-hmm. this whole scene. Ugh. I'm going to stay here to be there for Lovely. her. And they just ran that scene so many times. And she put her whole heart out there every single time. And I was just blown away as like on that show, I was legitimately like in the 90s on the call sheet. Like so many people on that show ahead of me. Right. And here was, you know, one of the top mm-hmm. people on that show, arguably like one of the two three biggest breakout stars. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "I'm here for whatever you need. I will give everything, every single take, even when I'm not on camera." Fantastic. And and that really stuck with me in terms of like what you give to your co-stars and how you support a production and how you set an example
0: when you are. A star of a show another great answer uh i can't let this pass be f- without bringing it up the last thing in in terms of your career you uh are on the young rock which is
1: t- yeah not I, only am i on it i'd like a little put a little respect okay, on my name please i'm the president of the united states <laughs> I
0: mean, you are the you but hold on I, I can't get over this this is like so much fun to think about you are the president of the United States in the Rock Cinematic Universe. The Young Rock yeah, the, Cinematic Universe. Yeah,
1: the YRCU.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I'm the president. That's, I beat him. People, The people chose me.
0: So, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. When you first got the job, you, were you, like, coming on as, like, a senator or something? Did you know? Yeah.
1: He was running for president, oh. and my character is Senator Braden Taft, and the first episode was just a debate episode mm-hmm. against each other mm-hmm. as he's running for president. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was all. That was season one. Just that one episode. That's all I knew. Um, and then it got picked up for a second season. I got a call. They're bringing your character back. And it was like a rally episode. It wasn't even a big. I didn't even have a big scene in season two. Like very little. And then that season plays out. And <laughs> I forget what some show is after. There's some show that's after that somebody like dvr And they went to watch it. And oh, was, I think it was um what was that show on NBC? It's like a family drama. Oh, uh, Everybody uh, loved uh, it.
0: Cheers. Yes, Cheers. cheers. No. <laughs> oh, oh, uh uh Friends. Friends. Seinfeld. Se- uh, warmer. Frasier
1: Webster. <laughs> what is that fucking show anyway? It's got Mindy uh no, um Mandy Moore was on it. Oh, 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 This is Us. This is Us. So I think it was like the This is Us Season finale or something mm. was was coming on at nine o'clock. Young Rock's on at eight thirty, and when you set the old DVR, it like grabs that last bit of the previous right. show. I again, I am not, I'm barely in this season. I don't do not know what's happening. Right. Somebody calls me and is like, "Hey, how cool! You're the president." And I was like, <laughs> "What are you talking about?" And they sent me a screenshot, and the very last moment of that episode is them announcing like, the- "And the next president will be." Senator Taft, and it's my picture on the screen, and then the Rock is like, "Huh?" Like he has like one of those what looks, and then it cuts to black. So somebody was like, "Oh my god, this is so cool!" And I was like, "I have no idea." So you
0: didn't even know that? you No clue. Unbelievable. No
1: clue. So they didn't reach out to me. They didn't tell me anything. They They just like. Pulled my face from another image right. and made these campaign posters, and then made me president. So,
0: uh, and you've not been on the show since. No, I have been back. Oh, so you I have back okay. as, president as president season three. Yes. Oh my god!
1: So, but it came real. out of
0: nowhere. I had no clue. Ugh. And have you ever worked directly with The Rock? Have you ever been on set with The Rock? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood magic, what a a baby. Button, what a button! That's fantastic. <laughs> Oh, my God. Let's head back into our moment. The next credentials Please. is our test of time. This is when we compare this moment against other moments like it in history. What are we going to compare? I, I I prepared some things here. What are we going to compare the T-shirt cannon against? Oh. And I let go Thundersticks. The, 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 honestly, I refuse to put those in the same sentence. We're not comparing the T-shirt cannon to Thundersticks. I won't do it. I won't do it. Don't do it. So what do we have to compare this against? The only thing I can compare this to. And honestly, I can't think of a better comparison to have to make. Hot dogs? Are we comparing this thing against hot dogs? Oh, anytime God. you're compared, anytime you're up against dogs at a ballpark for like a thing that like changed the game. Am I am I wrong here? Is there something, is there a better comparison to make to a t-shirt cannon than the hot dog? Oh, I mean, this is very very tough here <laughs> well so i mean th- i want to say usually i go hey if the thing that i'm comparing this to is better maybe this thing won't get in the hall in this case i might say if you're up with the hot dog if you're up against that beef in that bun at a at a ballpark you're in the right ballpark you're in the right company
1: okay let me i, I was not prepared for this argument okay, okay this is you're, you're really pulling this out <laughs> i thought test of time i have another thing planned uh, thought through that we will discuss but i'm ready for this now if the hot dog was better than for lack of a better term than the t-shirt cannon why would they be using t-shirt cannons to shoot hot dogs
0: (laughs) because
1: they are they're putting hot dogs (laughs) in t-shirt (laughs) cannons
0: that was really well done you know what i mean really well done Hot dogs are piggybacking Ugh. on T-shirt cannons. You were an artist. You were an artist. That was perfect.
1: Thank you. Look, I did a little high school debate. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what was your test of time thing? Let me hear what you had prepared. I thought it was, when it's saying has it hasn't passed the test of time, I, no. like just time immortal, no, like no, as no. time as an no. as a con no. as a construct. My what I'm saying is it absolutely has because For sure, teams yes. teams are actively constantly being sued yeah.
0: for yes. injuries yes.
1: that are a direct result of t-shirt cannons well and if you in the united states if you are able to withstand the the u.s legal system mm-hmm. then you're you're golden a baby point. i love that you know what i mean yep. lawsuits shut down everything yep. Yep. everything yep. right you put some sick-ass new roller coaster in one kid falls out and dies that thing's closed wow. up yep T-shirt cannon shoot somebody in the face, breaks their chin. No problem, baby. I'll pay you out. I'm not putting my fucking <laughs> cannon down. No way. No way. I'll pay you out.
0: Not getting my cannon. Uh-uh. You know what I mean? It's persevered. It's persevered. Absolutely.
1: Ugh. In this country. Where lawsuits shut down
0: everything. Yeah, right. These are valid These are seen as
1: worth it. Whoa, worth it.
0: Really good. Worth the risk. Two, uh, two things quickly. One that's not what the test of time is. I appreciate. You, really appreciate understood. you listening to the show. Jesus Christ. I mean, maybe listen to one episode of your buddy's podcast. I listened to one. <laughs> no it's a great point it brings me to my next credential the devil's advocate uh we i don't usually do it but i do want to say ta- I, and i,
1: I don't want to double down on this but you got to rename that segment then buddy no, test of time no, is a pretty universally understood do construct don't tell me what has to do with this my stood show. stood
0: the test of time let's compare no, that, it to other things other moments like this in in past so you're comparing the singular moment against other moments like it so usually if it's like a buzzer beater you're like is this the best best buzzer beater ever because oh, how many okay, buzzer okay, beaters okay. are you okay. going to put in as it stood the test of time the got time it, being the, the time of, of other moments got listen it, okay, don't okay, tell me what okay, to do okay. with my show you piece of <laughs> shit <laughs> the next credential, a devil's advocate. I usually don't do this because I don't want to be negative. I want to celebrate these moments. Here. But here in this situation, I've, you have done a yeoman's work. You've done such an amazing job of... of not just coming up with this T-shirt cannon moment idea, but then such a great job of supporting it uh, 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 here and and really pushing it into the first battle hall of fame. I need to to show the other side of the coin here, and you're right. Mm -hmm. A lot of lawsuits, a lot of danger. Uh, Mets, I'm sure you read this article. Mets fan Alex Swanson gets knocked unconscious during a home game, malfunctioning T-shirt cannon, he says – uh, the the uh, Gothamist wrote this very funny incident occurred on June 5th as the Long Island man was enjoying a rare Mets shutout along with his three sons. I mean, very, funny.
1: very rude, very rude, <laughs> rude descriptors,
0: unnecessary. So good. As the t-shirt firing squad made its round, Swanson says he approached the railing on the Pepsi porch and was smacked in the face by a projectile from just 20 feet away. He recalls the shooter apparently struggling with the gun just before aiming it at him. It could have killed me. Quote, it could have killed me. He said, it's a hazard. Uh, now the wounded Mets fan, Gothamitz, goes on. Now the wounded Mets fan wants the cannons banned from City Field as well as unspecified damages. Uh, you're absolutely right. Lots of people injured. I don't think anyone's been killed before by a t-shirt cannon. Not that I could find, except, oh, wait, listen to this. <laughs> well. Guess no one else wants a T-shirt.
2: That's a damn lie, and you know it. Give me a shirt.
0: You heard him, girl. <laughs> Fire!
2: Ooh, a bobby pin.
0: Oh! <gasps> Maud? <Mod? laughs>
2: oh my lord, she's dead. <gasps>
0: oh! Maude Flanders, rest in peace.
1: Rest in peace. Uh, the, How long was that list of items? You think that they had for like pitching for what Homer saw on the ground?
0: <laughs> Endless, right? <laughs> to land on Bobby pin? Maybe, man. Who knows? Maybe it was Bobby pin right out of the shoot, and they're like, "Fuck, maybe." That's it. Uh, last thing: risk assessment of air cannon's at sporting event. It's a study authored by among others Travis Tuning Kulik of the U.S. Army and Michael J. Benson of yeah. West Point. Uh, They write, they find, they summarize, the advancements in air cannon technology have produced devices that can endanger the safety of those located near its muzzle. Although no definitive assertions can be made about the exact degree in which an air cannon can injure a bystander, the potential injuries can be speculated. As described in the experiment, it's likely that being shot in the eye by an air cannon located directly next to the victim will result in a ruptured globe or penetrated orbit. The nasal bones are also susceptible to injury from an air cannon fired at point blank ranges as the t-shirt in this experiment produced forces that greatly exceed the listed fracture tolerance level. These set things, of fucking dork. <laughs> these things are dangerous, and isn't that the reason this should not be in the first belt hall of fame?
1: No, it's the reason that they should be. <laughs>
0: We've embraced these weapons. Yeah. We we've harnessed yeah. them and turned them into party machines. They're the best. <laughs> Don't you feel like someone's hiding like the gnarliest uh, t-shirt cannon injury? Someone like successfully covered up a super gnarly t-shirt cannon. Injury. It has to. There's two it's like this pressurized gun thing. Someone has to have been badly badly hurt.
1: Did you see the clip of the mascot who shot himself in the groin with it? So good. The, the Colorado so, Buffalo mascot. Yes. So it's good. so What I love is there are theories that he did it on purpose. That's how powerful the T-shirt canon is. (laughs) He was like, if I can blast myself in the nuts with this, people will be talking about me, and I want it. I love that theory.
0: We will put the clip on our socials at First Ballot Pod, on uh, Twitter at First Ballot HF, on Instagram, I realize. those should be the same. I also saw an NPR article. They did an article about this uh the safety of these things and they had a poll at the end so it like listed all these suits and all these injuries broken fingers and and uh you know i'm sure you read that jennifer harudi sued orbit and the astros fifteen thousand dollars in medical bills and she requested one million dollars in damage for her mental anguish loss of opportunity and loss of enjoyment uh this article lists this thing npr article lists all these things and then at the bottom of the article it has a poll should teams stop tossing things to fans 24.61% of the vote, yes. No, people should not. They should not stop tossing things to the fan. 75% of the hell people, yeah. after reading all of these terrible injuries, these uh, 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 completely unnecessary injuries, 75% of the people who read this still said, fucking hell yeah, these people Worth should it. still be throwing Worth it. it.
1: Worth it. Oh you God. don't want to get your finger broken, don't reach for the T-shirt. <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> step out of the way let me snag that bitch
0: really good pretty, that astros really
1: lawsuit has a fantastic uh, response the astros official response was the team is aware of the lawsuit with allegations regarding orbit's t-shirt launcher use of the proper name <laughs> yes, fantastic so good. we do not agree with the allegations full stop the Astros will continue to use oh, okay. fan popular oh, T-shirt launchers oh, during god. games. Full stop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. We got orbits
0: back. You're, you're, it's a great point. the The idea that these have persevered through the legal, uh, the U.S. System. legal system. Oh my god!
1: Notoriously litigious.
0: Oh my god! That's really that's a really fun ad here. That's really great. Nice job, Torp. The next credential is you mad. Rob, play my camera on clip here. You mad, you mad, you mad. Thank you so much. I love it when people are mad. Was anybody pissed off about the t-shirt candidate's invention or its use? Torpy, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, nothing. Nobody's mad about its use. No
1: one gets mad at all about it. And I think that's part of what's actually so amazing because the value is wholly in the experience, right? Not in the physical
0: item. Got it. Yes. Okay. So, like,
1: you're not you're not really that upset when you don't get Ugh. an an unwearable t shirt. Right. Yep. It's all win. Yep. You're right. It's no mass. But but to counter, if if a ball slips through your right. fingers, devastating. If you're if you're that if you're a group of friends, Ugh. and a fucking home run ball goes off your hands, your friends are like, oh my, oh my fucking god, god we oh almost had god. that. Right. So the fact that it's like. A, the fact that it's value is low raises it in a weird
0: way. That's so good. You're there's your abs and you could not be more right. When the t-shirt cannons come out and they start firing and popping all over the arena. And when I'm at MSG, you, I am enjoying myself having nothing to do with the fact that I did or did not catch a t-shirt. Yes. Really, really good. Uh, Torby. I see the clock is almost winding down on us. Um, it's almost time for America's favorite podcast segment. It's called more important. Are you ready for more important? Yeah. Let me ask you a question here. First, you've mentioned your wife. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Tell me a bit about, that's the one thing we've not discussed about this. I know how much she means to you. Tell me a little bit about your wife. Um, First, I prefer to call her my partner. Um,
1: She is a mental health. (sighs) Oh, I'm
0: so sorry. We don't have time for that. It's time for something more important. (laughs) I'm about to ask you a few questions that are all way more important than that bullshit you were just talking about. Your answer to these questions (laughs) will define who you are as a man on this planet. Are you ready for more important? I am. The music's playing. The time is ticking down. Torby, what is your favorite beverage? Of all of them? Yes. (laughs) Holy
1: shit. (laughs) Of anything I can drink? Yes. Uh that's got to be fucking root beer.
0: Oh! <laughs> hell! No. Yeah. yeah! Fantastic oh answer. Do you have a preferred uh, root beer brand? It barks. Oh, here we go. Let me... I Shit, man. <gasps> the barks root beer what a great answer i really i mean and again i
1: don't want to lean too heavy on this but if there was an intersection between stone cold steve austin
0: and et it would be root beer i don't don't know why i don't know why exactly (laughs) what a great answer we're off to a blazing start On more important torpy name one thing that really kicks ass What's something that kicks ass? Oh, (laughs) yeah, okay. (laughs) Fucking nailing a
1: punt. (laughs) (laughs) Like when you got a kickball and you punt it in the air and you really nail it. (laughs) The
0: (laughs) The sound. (laughs) (laughs) That kicks ass.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not like it doesn't come off your foot right, all eggy. Right. You know, like it's all eggy and wobbly yeah. when you miss hit it. <laughs> I'm talking about a solid <laughs> pong, a nice high-pitched oh pong, God. and it just takes off.
0: What a great that, answer. That kicks ass. Oh, what is the best <laughs> singular item on any fast food menu? Oof. Okay, uh, Roy Rogers curly fries what? in the What oh, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I don't agree with that at all, but I really appreciate the guts to say that.
1: It's so well, it's just so hard. If I was gonna pick one burger over another burger, like or chicken spicy chicken sandwich right. over something, there's so many different things. Mm-hmm. But if I want like
0: something about strapping that holster on it and reaching in for curly French fries. Oh my god, let's go. The seasoned fries, they're really good. Let's go. Uh, comedy actor Mount Rushmore. Can you do a comedy actor Mount Rushmore? I realize you sometimes you might work with some of these people. That's yeah. fine. Just give me the four names of four comedy actors that you feel like are the legends. Okay. Um, Bill Murray. Okay. John Candy. Wow. I'm going to say Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah. JLD. No misses. Bill Murray. John Candy. JLD. <sighs> oh, what's. Jeez. Um.
1: Uh, The guy who played Booger in Revenge of the (laughs) Nerds.
0: Four white people with perfect answer from Michael Torpy. Let's move on. The guitars are playing. We got to move forward. Uh, (laughs) Name me one actor. Name me one actor you know you could beat up. I said the girl that plays
1: Matilda. From the kids
0: movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How would you do it? Oh, with my hands. Okay. <laughs> Last question. More important. Favorite sports movie. Bad news bears. Love them movie.
1: Classic. And like, it's, it's getting so old now that like nobody gets the references yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but yeah, like, no, one. <laughs> no way. <clears throat> um, the, the, the relationship with the coach, the ragtag bunch of kids. Oh, oh. All the um, the promise of the hot young mm-hmm. outfielders snagging every ball, you know, cutting people off. I love that. Game. I love that movie. You're you're it's baseball. You're white. I get it. Yeah.
0: Uh, fantastic. You did a great job. More important, just very quickly before we move on to our cosine, Torp, tell everyone about your legendary peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh, so peanut butter peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are
1: delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, they are. A workhorse sandwich mm-hmm. you know like they will they stick to your ribs mm-hmm. they give you a little bit of that sweet stuff mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. so it's like it's not all business there's a little bit of pleasure yep um they fill you up that you can pack them mm-hmm. yes it, get, it, it gets pack squished them. in your backpack doesn't matter that much That's right? right so some of the peanut butter squirts out on the the foil Ooh. it was wrapped in lick it right off That's doesn't right. fucking matter <laughs> doesn't change so it's just a great sandwich and if you want to bring it up a notch, <laughs> what you do is you open open it up, and you lay in there, uh, nacho cheese Doritos. Let's go. This is the original Dorito. Uh, you you put a layer in there, yep. and w- what happens is is one of those classic moments of uh, when something becomes greater than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Yep. The interaction between the uh, nacho cheese mm-hmm. and the jelly, the saltiness, mm-hmm. and uh, most importantly the crunch. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because if the, if if there's one thing that the peanut butter and jelly sandwich is missing, it's it's uh, the varying textures. Right. Yes. And I, you, know, you could say, oh, use a crunchy peanut butter. That's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. <laughs> the Doritos are the lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. The Doritos you get a are nice, the lettuce. Yeah, you know you get a nice celery. Uh, you get a nice sandwich at a deli. You get some shredded lettuce on top. Mm-hmm.
0: In this sandwich, right. the Doritos are the lettuce. Yes. Yeah, it's really like it's like saying to someone, "Hey, you ever put lettuce on your sandwich? How about instead of that lettuce, we swap that out and put Doritos, uh, nacho chips? Mm-hmm. That sounds fantastic. That's a great substitute. It really works. It's delicious. If you think it's gross." Try it. Get back to us. It's Michael. I Torp mean, this sandwich. thing it's not mine. this thing
1: has a 100 percent hit rate. I've really brought pass. it into multiple rooms. Yeah, it's really we've good. talked about it. People don't believe it. I say, oh, OK, tomorrow I'm bringing in a loaf yep. of bread, yep. peanut butter, I've jelly. We're going to make them out. A banger. And and uh, they always hit. They always hit really good. Uh, it's time for the cosine tour. I'm going to feel like Tim Dirk in a second when somebody fucking crustables launches their new one and i'm like i didn't here i was sitting on elvis's pajamas
0: i didn't even know Torp, the next credentials are co-signed the question is to you the floor is yours the mic is yours does the t-shirt can does the invention of the t-shirt canon as a moment belong in the first ballot hall of fame and why um hey rob can you hit me with some um like some
1: top gun rocky type inspirational like independence day shit Whatever Kevin MacLeod has come out with recently. Probably probably called something like Cool Nights Hot Dogs. Thanks, Rob. So look, what are we doing? You know? What are we doing here with this gift that was given to us? You know, I don't know if you believe in uh, God or Stardust or whatever it is. What are we really doing here? I think we're all looking... To connect and within that connection have a good time have just a little slice of happiness and, and do it together and and I'm here to tell you that I think there's no greater moment of feeling connected with life and the universe than when you are about to catch a t-shirt from a t-shirt cannon <laughs> It's it's the closest that I think will get to God, mm-hmm. to divinity, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the true thrill behind all live sporting events, which is to feel alive, yep. to feel connected, and to feel the creation in a moment of a memory and a story. We all want to be somewhere at a game where we can say, I was there, I saw that comeback. I was there, I saw Kobe drop 61 at MSG. We all want those moments. And the T-shirt cannon spreads those moments mm-hmm. at 1,000 PSI <laughs> all over the stadium. And again, most importantly, as we talked about before, it's not just for the rich seats anymore. Right? right. It's for the common man who oh. rubbed two nickels together and grabbed a seat up in Section 514. He didn't bring his glove because he knows there's no way, no way a ball's getting up That's there. The only thing that's getting up there is a t-shirt uh, from orbit.
0: <laughs> the Houston Astros mascot.
1: The Houston Astros frequently sued mascot. So I, I I hope you can support this campaign. Rob, you can get the music.
0: I'm in good god. Well, that was fantastic. That really, I, I couldn't appreciate you taking this more seriously. You were entertaining. You were funny. You were thoughtful. You were kind. You were generous with your stories. And then you kill it on the coastline. It's time for the induction speech. That's when I and Neil have to decide whether this thing's going in to the first bell hall of fame i'm the proprietor here i own the i own the hall it's mine come on baby it's a, come on, do the right thing it's a lot to think about there's a lot to consider i don't look past the danger here i you know that guy that swanson whatever his name is the mets fan that gets injured he talked you know he said uh, if this was a kid it's a completely different story what if this was a kid that got hurt this is they they're they they are dangerous they are dangerous. I don't think it's something we should so flippantly look past just to you know be funny on a podcast. And I'm not going to do it. I'm a serious guy, and I'm going to take this thing seriously. And, and there's a lot to consider. I think, ultimately, you have to realize that the T-shirt canon is one of the greatest things that's ever been introduced into modern sports. I think you have to acknowledge that there's not a person on this planet that can't in some part or form agree with that statement. It is truly one of the best thing that's been entered into like pro sports and, and amateur sports, college sports. It is so enjoyable. It's so much fun. It's in every event. And for a reason, they're legitimately great. Tim Dirk, the Spurs Coyote, Michael Torpy, congratulations. This is going into the first battle hall of fame. Oh, we did it, baby. This one, I want to dedicate this to the whole fraternity. (laughs) I wouldn't have been here without
1: you. (laughs) That's absolutely the right choice,
0: Neil. A fantastic episode, Michael. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. You were fantastic.
1: This was a lot of fun. The only thing we didn't get to talk about was Paul McCartney. Did you see him in a Nets game trying to get a free T-shirt? No. It's the best. And that was, that's also, that was like my last, last ditch effort was like, if you are, if you are, if you want to act like these t-shirts right. are stupid, right. then you're putting yourself on the other side of Sir Paul <laughs> McCartney. There's clips. You can find it on YouTube. He's at a Nets game. In. And he's like, he's like, you know, doing what we all fucking do. Like putting his hands on like so me, 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 me. And then it doesn't, it goes in front of him and he this is where he loses me he goes that was he's just the person that was for me oh so funny and that's what we all want that's that moment of feeling chosen and feeling lucky like he's had everything he has experienced everything that's but he still wanted that free t-shirt
0: that's really good that's really good i have fun where where is he at do you know what what he's in a nets game Um, oh and a new jersey nets game brooklyn fantastic Uh, torby thank you so much for coming on the show you were fantastic dude so much can you plug what are you working on
1: um nothing dude writer's strike and my union's about to go on strike and my nose just got broken in a co-ed softball game (laughs) i'm wholly uncastable right now except for voice work you want me to applebee's Applebee's, baby if you're having any of that buyer's remorse with mr sudeikis i can lay it down actually no fuck applebee's ruby tuesday what's yes, up baby let's, let's dance go let's take those applebee's punks down let's go come on ground round who else is out there <laughs> uh fud ruckers charlie Who's brown charlie? is charlie brown Char- <laughs> i will support any any restaurant that's trying to take a bite out of applebee's share <laughs> let's take those fuckers down
0: fantastic michael torby thank you so much for coming on the show i really appreciate it
1: so much fun dude
0: That's it. That's the show. My thanks to Mr. Michael Torpy. He's incredibly talented, wildly smart, very funny, and more importantly, he's a good man. He cares about people. He's helped me a lot over my career. It was long overdue to have him on the show. Thanks, Torp, for coming on. Support him. We're all we got. I also want to thank Osmosis Miller. I've already thanked him here on the show, but I want to do it again. He keeps telling people one by one in DMs, little replies. He keeps telling people about the show, and the show keeps growing. We had a good last month of episodes. I'm excited about the future. Some announcements coming soon. Credits, Rob, Bob, Jessica, Rhythm Jay. That's the squad. Rate reviewers if you would please. And also, come back next week for more First Ballot. Honestly? Oh,
2: hell yeah!